0: Welcome to the Logics Academy podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. If you haven't joined us in the discussion boards in the community in the last few weeks, check out the various conversations we're having there. We value your thoughts and ideas, and we're looking forward to engaging in discussions together. In addition, you can actually start a discussion about anything you want at any time you want. It's your community after all. And so we'd love to see you use it to work together and to learn from each other. Check out the link to the community in the show notes. A reminder also on the community if you check out the feed you're going to notice that there are a ton of new lessons available for dash and dot and these lessons are coming out every week so you should really check out the community page check out the feed And take a look at those new weekly Dash lessons that are now available on learn.logicsacademy.com. I think you're going to be really happy with those lessons. They're very cool. You should check them out today. When we come back, our conversation with Andrew McDonald. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Ottawa's Andrew McDonald is a STEM and computer science educator. He's also a great logics ambassador, and we're thrilled to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the Logics Academy podcast, Andrew.
1: Thanks for having me, Mike. I'm excited to to share some of the stuff that we've been doing and uh, you know, just chat about STEM and robotics in general.
0: So you have been doing work with the University of Ottawa. Um, in some of their engineering outreach programs. Can you explain a little bit about what you've been doing the last couple of years um, and the program in general?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, at the University of Ottawa Engineering Outreach team that I'm, I'm a part of, uh, I'm the technology educator there. So what does that really mean? I try to introduce technology to um, teachers. So we do teacher training. We do in-classroom workshops and, um, And as a teacher, I've also been teaching as part of our private high school doing uh, technology based courses. So there's just a couple that we offer, um, but they're really exciting opportunities because we have access to the same sort of materials that engineers or engineering students would have access to. So we've got Makerspace with, you know, a bank of 30 3D printers. Uh, We've got laser cutters, all those sorts of opportunities for, for students to use.
0: What a unique opportunity to have all of those kind of resources and tools. Um, I mean, not a lot of high schools have. You know what's actually interesting, Andrew, is that I went to a um, vocational high school, um, and and they don't have many of those anymore either. So my high school in Peterborough, Ontario, had a multi-bay car garage, for example, had a wood shop and a metal shop and an electrical shop. And a lot of interesting optional courses that you could take that weren't available at a lot of other schools. And so I imagine, you know, you're in a similar position where, you know, this is a unique opportunity to do things that you wouldn't normally do. Especially at the, you know, at the public schools where they don't have the same access to resources and money and equipment that that they do there, right?
1: Yeah. For sure, yeah. So when we come to schools and do workshops, in-classroom workshops, and we're doing a 3D design, 3D printing workshop, we're bringing our 3D printers to your school so that you can, you know, see and feel your designs when you're done with them. And the same with our laser cutting workshops. We'll bring our laser cutters. So can we put it in. The, the van which is you know sometimes a little difficult especially <laughs> I can uh, imagine. yeah it's it's hard when it's the winter you know like you're you're walking yeah. over snow, snow banks and uh with a with a very heavy uh equipment but you know we'll bring it to you and and um we'll get to do those workshops or there's the opportunity for students to come on campus and have a chance to explore some of the spaces because sort of i don't know if you've had a chance to see the stem building uh or Maybe not you, but other people have have been in the Ottawa region. Uh, the new STEM building—it's about three to four years old now. I think, maybe five now. That's have, awesome. Yeah. So the the first floor is very very open. It allows for um, students to there's access to a maker space that's uh, open for all university students, oh, wow. and then open to the public on Sundays. That's where we have 3D printers and laser cutters. We've got VR stations, soldering stations, embroidery machines. And so that stuff's in there available to use. And then as you sort of work around that first floor, there are other opportunities like classrooms and getting into like metal shop type of things too. And the last space that they have in there is like a team space. So those extracurricular things that engineers would do so they have like the formula cars are in there the doom buggy cars Mm. the rocketry team so it's really cool that so when we have uh those grade school students coming on campus and exploring they get a that idea of like okay so that's what an engineer does and they you know sort of like that maker space but it's like on steroids compared to what yeah. what we start to, you know, we're, and we're starting to see makerspaces in schools and those are exciting to see. But when you talk about your vocational high school, it's like we're missing out on those those trades now. The students are not getting the, those skills or they're not, you know, the, it's, it's that access to, to education that they're missing out on.
0: How has teaching that kind of stuff changed in the last year then I mean um y- you're you're probably not doing as much in person stuff as you used to that's for sure
1: that's, yeah <laughs> um, we have done zero stuff in person since yeah uh, well what day is it today like it's being almost like it's
0: almost almost dead on a year yeah
1: I was gonna say like it's uh, it's almost dead on a year that we were we were in the office. I remember doing a workshop with some some BEd students, and then went back to the office. And then I think people were saying like, "All right, uh, so we're gonna cancel our our March break camp, and um, we're gonna be working from home for yeah. you know a couple weeks and yeah. a couple mm. months now." Like, mm. so I had to to take my what would have been like an awesome 3D design, 3D printing course. I turned it into a virtual experience. So students were able to still use the professional level software that we use that nice. that our students have access to. Um, yeah. We went, you know, not just Tinkercad. We went straight to SolidWorks. So that's like professional level 3D design. But unfortunately, they weren't able to 3D print their stuff. Right. Yeah. So we, we tried to pivot, you know, the word, word of the year, we tried to pivot to put, you know the materials and and our workshops and our classes online to best support our the students the 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 community mm-hmm. that we're we're servicing. But you know we're missing out on that that hands-on experience. You know when we do our Arduino workshops, and you you like here's an Arduino for the your this pair of students and they they're putting in circuitry they're building things. Uh, or micro bit workshops with here's a micro bit. Yeah, let's yeah, plug and yeah. play with it. and then it's like you're missing out on that so those robotics, those physical computings that you're you'd hope to do you're missing out on. and so we're we're finding ways to try to support that um, with various simulations and simulators um, that are available online. but yeah, there is some there's definitely some some missing elements that we would be excited yeah. we we're we're sad about
0: yeah, totally. so. Let's dig into your background just a little bit. What drew you to computer science and, and robotics? And like, this isn't for everybody. And I mean, when you get into teaching, like, I mean, and, and I'm no exception. I, When I was doing my B.Ed. program, I was fully intending to be a high school history teacher. And, you know, and now I'm doing this. And, and so, you know, everyone's path is a little bit different. And I always find people's paths to robotics and computer science and game design to be absolutely fascinating. So, what's your path to getting here today?
1: That's a great question. Let's first talk about my path to get into teaching. I, my first, um, when I first did my, so my undergrad is in physics and my master's Mm -hmm. is in physics with, um, in medical physics. So my research was in looking at creating a, a a set, a, a standard set of measurements that can be used in cancer treatment clinics to be able to, to understand if the dose or the amount of um, radiation someone is getting is the correct amount, I guess, to try to, I can, we can, I can, I can talk about it at the higher, higher level if, if you want me to, but I'll, I'll just leave it that for now.
0: No, we're good. Yeah. Um,
1: so, but, and so during that time, I, I did TAing and I did some teaching and um, during my undergrad, I did a lot of tutoring and, um, and so I, I went, I, I worked in Toronto and in, in Sunnybrook for Sunnybrook hospital for a little while. And then I was thinking about, it, I'm like, I do really love teaching. I, you know, I love passing on my knowledge and getting people to like, my research was all about like, Hey, let's figure out something like this is a, a new novel idea and you got to figure out like, mm-hmm. Andrew, go, we need to measure this stuff, go figure it out type of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah. So I had to do some stuff with robotics there, and and uh, measurements and those sort of things. And so then when I went into teaching, so my my teaching subjects are chemistry and physics, mm-hmm. and uh, math. So they're sort of in that realm of of computer science and that sort of thing. So when I um so when I graduated my BEd, I went and taught uh, in the Middle East for for four years. And so I nice. taught sort of the standard courses that I needed to teach over there. So physics, chemistry, um, and then I started to. The the the, the thing about um, teaching overseas or in these international schools is sometimes they they buy equipment, but there's like high turnover rate of teachers, and so they have this equipment mm-hmm. that's just sitting there in the um, in the schools, and so while I was doing that introductory tour of the school, the principal showed me like, oh, and here's our robotic kits. So they had uh, um, some Mindstorm, seven Mindstorm NXT kits. So this was, uh, you know, about t- eight years ago. They had uh, sure. these these NXT kits and I was like, oh, cool. And then continued on the tour. And then, so I started to like, hey, this would be cool to explore. So, you know, during when I was doing some prep or doing some work or whatever, um, I, I dove into it and I learned that oh, a, nice. a, local, um, a local college was doing some uh, teacher training for it because they were the local group for um, the World Robotics Olympiad. I don't know if you're familiar with that competition and um so it's using the the Lego Mindstorm to sort of follow or um do a challenge it's similar to FLL and so right um anyway yeah so i i dove into it got some teacher training um because we know it's not just about having the tech it's you know like how do i how can i use it like i can spend all this time to learn myself but if i have a little bit of guidance then it will be it will go a lot farther and so mm-hmm. I started to to think about it, and I started to integrate a couple of these robotic kits into some of my physics classroom activities. I was like, "Hey, let's try this out. If it's an epic fail, that's okay. It's my first attempt at learning. Right? I'm a I'm a I'm a new teacher, so I'm gonna I'm bound to make some mistakes anyway. And if it's in integrating technology and having the students explore or not, is we'll see what happens. So, mm-hmm. it was fun. I what this one activity I did with students was. Um, trying to, you know, take a robot and they, I just said, here's the kit, build a robot and we're going to, um, just program it to drive forward. That's it. Like you just need to drive forward. And then we're going to look at this in terms of distance and measure ma- measurement and speed and, you know, link it back to our kinematics unit. Cause this was a, a grade 11 physics course. And so... The fun thing about it was, you know, the students that are like the the clowns, they're fooling around all the time. They built the robot in 10 minutes and they were starting to take right. data. Yeah,
0: That's the way it is.
1: And then you got the students that are like the high achievers. They spent 10 minutes trying to Google a solution on how to build it. I'm like, no, like put away. Like I said, what, what does a robot need? What does your robot need? They're like, well, maybe some wheels. I'm like, perfect. Here's two. What else do you think you need? Like Uh, the the brain. I'm like, okay, great. Here's this. Like, and just throw some stuff together. Like I want to, they, they were not, when it came to that creativity, they were scared of it. They were not used to it where they, you know, like they're these A plus students. They're like, what do I need to tell you to get an A plus? Whereas those other students that were taking data within 10 minutes, they were the ones they were used to like fooling around and playing. So it was like really interesting to see that flip.
0: Well, and it's, you know, what's funny is the power of that. Like, like I, I share that similar experience when I started using um, my first experience with robots in my classroom was with M-Bots. And then also uh, later on with Dash robots, and in both of those experiences, M um, bots with a little bit older grade, and and Dash's the obviously the middle primary grades. Both experiences, it was the kids that you know struggled to connect their learning in in the more traditional ways, you know didn't feel comfortable demonstrating what they knew by writing, didn't necessarily feel comfortable demonstrating what they knew by telling you verbally. But, you know, if you could find a really creative way to have students use these tools, these, you know, tech, this technology, these robots to to show you what they know in some way, shape or form. I mean, you can do math with a dash robot. It's built right into it. There's tons of math in even in block based coding. There's tons of math, Um, but it's always that way, isn't it? That that, that the kids that this robotics has a unique way of capturing kids attention that would normally have been a struggle to capture.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I totally, totally agree.
0: So, no, it's really it's really exciting when you see kids that that always struggled and, you know, they, they get these robots in their hands. Uh, I can think of tons. and And all of a sudden, it's like their whole world kind of opens up. Right.
1: Yeah. No. And so then, like, after I guess going back to how did I get into more robotics, like that's where I first introduced it. And then. I had an after-school club when I, you know, I was like, "Well, this could be fun to try to do an after-school club," and then the administration said to me, "Hey, would you try to design a uh, um, an elective, like quote-unquote, an elective course for for our junior high students? So seven, eight, nine students." Um, I said, "Yeah, let's try it." Like mm. again, you know, I well. I've got a few ideas. Let's let's have them run through something like Code.org. Like I, I was still very new in this space, so I was like, I knew I wanted to do some stuff with robotics, so I was like, okay, that's easy. I'll I'll here's a challenge. Like here's a, let's go for it. And then, um, I was like, I want to get them started, and I wasn't. Familiar, I didn't know about Scratch at this point, and so I'm I'm like disappointed that I didn't know about Scratch because of the the potential with with uh, exploring with with Scratch and not needing the 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 robots for the students, but uh, we used some code.org stuff. We got them get getting started with coding in general and then transition to the robotics yeah. and the building of the robot and each of the students, they all had unique designs on what we're going to do. And then, you know, first of all, it's like, let's just move from point A to point B. And then the next challenge is like, point A to point B but I want you to take cylinder with you or and you know like just keep leveling it up and and based on that and it was like I had fun. I don't know if the kids had as much fun as me.
0: <laughs> Which is yeah. always sometimes the way it goes, too. Yeah. Uh, um, there's a funny video that gets shared every once in a while of, of when I was in Halifax uh, doing some some Dash stuff, and I was in a classroom with kids uh, and the teacher, and we played robot soccer with the with the Dash robots. And you could just hear me just losing my mind yelling at with excitement of you know almost doing play-by-play of this robot soccer nice. <laughs> but but obviously very excited to be there
1: <laughs> yeah yeah well that's the thing like the exciting thing about that is your excitement is contagious it, like yeah. the enthusiasm the students will pick up on it too and so that's that's the, you know, like once your once your momentums go and then hope then the others around you will will be excited about it, too.
0: Awesome. That's the way it is. Andrew, how can people connect with you online? I know you're on Twitter. What's your what's your Twitter handle so people can re- reach out and learn more about you?
1: Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. I've uh, my handle is A F M C D N L people are probably like wondering why is that it's my my first name my first initial my middle and then my last name without right? you know I'm anyway that that's what it Without, without some e, letters with yeah so <laughs> bunch of letters yeah and then uh, I've also been working on my youtube channel putting out more content oh, uh, with nice. robotic stuff with uh, coding and getting started and then you know so that's there um, and then I sort of built a little bit of a website to to showcase some of these things in a more concrete fashion. So, we can Amazing. Yeah.
0: Well, we'll put all of those links in the show notes for folks if they want to uh um check out the the YouTube channel and smash that like button and all of that stuff. That would be great. Andrew, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Oh,
1: well, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure to to chat today.
0: We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to Logic's Academy you know someone who you think would like our show, we'd really appreciate you sharing it with them. You can get in touch with Logics Academy on Twitter at Logics Academy. My name is Mike Washburn and you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Washburn. See you next month.
1: Until then, stay awesome.